2: March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with MyBookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the MyBookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, mybookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting and with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Today on the ZabeCast, one year ago, our clean little pool sheets were ripped from our hands and torn to pieces by COVID. Well, guess what? The big dance is back. A very special guest today, my college roommate and student newspaper sports editor, Scott Lawrence. UCSB, the Harvard of the West, is dancing. All that, plus it's the easiest thing ever. Stop bitching, people. Your 45 minute dose of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. ho! <laughs> Here we go! Monday, March 15, 2021. Thank you. For downloading, the NCAA tournament field is set. And it's a sharp-looking field. It's got a lot of interesting storylines. Some Cinderella's in there. Some big boys were left home. Some good basketball is going to be played in Indy over the next 19 days. Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, your four number one seeds. Virginia and Kansas are the COVID wildcards. News and, and information sort of starting to dribble out about what's going on with those teams. Both of them expecting to play in the tournament, which begins on Friday. Now, there'll be the Thursday appetizer, which is the first four. And oh, by the way, putting Michigan State and UCLA at the Thanksgiving Day card table at your grandma's house. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, my God. They're in the first four. They have to play one of those. They're at the card table. Put them at the big table with the adults. That's Michigan State and UCLA. Fuck them. You had a bad year. You probably shouldn't be in either one of you. Guess what? Sit at the card table and like it. I think it's great. And it gives us a good game to watch and bet on on Thursday. So, Thursday is the appetizer first four, and then we go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Following weekend, we go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, then the final four, and then we're done. And let's hope there's no COVID wrinkles. And we put the hay in the barn, the money in the bank, and call it a season and say, you know what? We got it done. And thank God they got it done. And kudos to the players, the student-athletes, which I know people mock, the student-athletes, although that's what they are. They're students. Don't call them that. They're professionals. Not really. The student-athletes and the coaches and the programs dug in and isolated and went through all the protocols. They got their noses, they got their brains tickled more times than anybody would want getting tested, and they got us to this point. So we all say, as sports fans, thank you for that. Rick Pitino and Patrick Ewing are back. How about that? Pitino now in the tournament with his fifth team. And the guy he coached with the Knicks, big man Patrick Ewing, in with the Hoyas. Georgetown went on a hell of a run in the Big East tournament to get in the big dance. And they were just, Georgetown was listless at 5-10 and 10, uh, about a month ago, month and a half ago. And now they're in the tournament, at good for big Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing had a bad go with COVID earlier in the summer, I want to say. I uh, remember when they reported he was in the hospital, had to get some uh, extra treatment for that. So that was a great story. And Patino is as slimy as it gets. And he was bragging about how I was really having fun coaching European basketball teams. And then here comes Iona, and they made me an offer I could not refuse. Okay, then. But I'll say this, big COVID shutdown for them, and he's got them playing good basketball. First year, I mean, you're talking about a guy, It's he can't say, well, he just recruits and he, Hires hookers for you know his recruits or his assistants do, and then he goes, "Huh, I had no idea that was going on." First year, and the guy can coach. He is slim, slimy, Sleamy? <laughs> I was gonna say sleazy and slimy. <laughs> he is the ultimate used car salesman. But he joins a rare club of just three coaches who have ever taken three, five teams to the NCAA tournament. That would be Tubby Smith and Lon Kruger and Rick Patino. And he's in. And they get Alabama as a potential live 215 upside. Although I say, I say no way. Alabama is my team. Nate Oates is my guy. Nate Oates dunked this year on Coach K in a way that was so awesome when he basically said, Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to shut down the rest of the uh non conference schedule. And he pretty much clowned him for that and said, you know. I can see why it is. He later apologized for it, which, God, I wish he hadn't. But still, the damage was done. Good for Nate Oates, Wisconsin guy who's gone to Alabama and has that program absolutely screaming right now. His team is full of freaks. They shoot threes 40% of the time, usually, which is the game these days. But they dunk half the other time. It's it's a fun team to watch. So I'm all about Alabama. That's my team. Uh, Am I picking them to win it? Yeah, why not? I might as well. Anyone could pick Gonzaga uh, or Baylor. I'm taking Nate Oates and Alabama to win it all. Do I have my bracket filled out right now? No, I don't have my bracket filled out right now. I was just sitting there taking a nap and watching back and forth, flipping, 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 flipping between the uh, college, the CBS Sports version of their bracketology, which was pretty good, and then the ESPN one, which was very good. You know, ESPN, when they really just stick to sports – they can still be really good. Even the oftentimes insufferable Jay Billis, they were good. Producers were good. Show was good. And I'm just pretty much sitting downstairs in the basement, flipping between the two shows as the selections came out. And I, I did take a nap. I don't know why. I just was like, ah, I'm good, kind of sleepy here. My uh, home theater was getting a, a touch warm because I didn't open the doors to ventilate. That's a whole different story. By the way, if you make a home theater, Jesus, get somebody who knows ventilation to make sure it's going to be properly ventilated with a lot of equipment in there, projectors, TV screens, receivers, et cetera, et cetera. That's the one huge mistake I made with the old five-hour energy dome. But yeah, uh, I'll take Alabama. I've not filled out my bracket fully yet. I will do that by tomorrow morning. Speaking of tomorrow morning, I can't wait to talk to my boys. Getter and Josh, because we have the 97-3, the game, morning show trifecta. What's that? UCSB, Wichita State, which is Josh, and Wisconsin, Gitter, are all in the tournament. I don't know if this is ever going to happen again, because for my school, UCSB, and you're going to hear from my college roommate and buddy and colleague at the student newspaper in a second here, now we make the tournament once every 10 years. And Wichita State was rolling for a while under Greg Marshall. Then he lost his mind. And they just kind of slipped in this time. They're, they, too, are at the card table on Thursday. But still. And, of course, Wisconsin was trending the wrong way. Uh, they get in as a nine, and there's no favors done because they get a, a good team that's hot, in, or a, I should say an underachieving team that got kind of hot in the ACC tournament in North Carolina, an institutional powerhouse, and then... The winner of that gets Baylor. So thanks for nothing. Hey, at least you're in the tournament. There was one thing yesterday that I noticed. Oh, and by the way, Kentucky and Duke are out. And University of Hartford and Grand Canyon are in. Get out of here. Yep. University of Hartford and Grand Canyon. I hear Grand Canyon is fantastic. Which, uh, as you know, Arizona. Wonderful. Is it Grand Canyon? See, now I need to look it up. Ah, God damn, why didn't I do this before the podcast? See, I'm just riffing, and I thought I could get away with it, and now I'm getting burned. Grand Canyon University, and I'm guessing it's in Colorado. No. No, it's in Phoenix. There you go. There you go. Right there. Look at that. I should go visit it. Maybe I can talk my daughter into transferring from uh, (laughs) Christopher Newport to Grand Canyon University. Got a good basketball team there, sweetheart. You might like it. Plus, it's uh, it's in Arizona. Uh, Average annual cost $32,100 before age, after age 21,000. Okay. I think that's a bit of a discount from what I'm paying right now. Anyway. So, yeah, they're in. Duke and Kentucky are out. A couple other blue bloods kind of slipped in. It looked like UCLA might not make it at one point. They did. It looked like North Carolina might not make it, but they did. And so here we go. Here we go. Looking forward to it. Joe Lenardi, by the way. Okay, where was I? Sorry, I took a second to loop back there, looking at my notes. Uh, yeah, you know what was great about Selection Sunday? Something I noticed only after all of the post-bracket announcement was done. I was like, What did I... it tastes different. What's different about this year? And then I said, aha, uh-huh. I know what it is the usual teeth-gnashing about who was left out or who got seated too low or which conference deserved more teams in than they got was either muted significantly or non-existent at least to my ears and i think there's a reason why because the total number of games was so jacked up was so disparate across different programs And conferences, you couldn't dig in your heels with a normal full complement of games and then get really righteous about the net ratings and everything else. Colgate's net rating is in the single digits. And they only played something like 17 games. And they're a 14 seed. I don't have my bracket in front of me, but, you know, that's the thing. So there wasn't the usual arguing the very haughty arguing about this, that, and the other—it was all, in other words, eye test. It was all eye test. It's like, eh, eh, pretty good. Put him in. Yeah. Beheim gets in at Syracuse. Some thought that that was a bit of a reach. It's too bad. It would have been great to see him left out and his nah, nah, sour puss. But it was pretty much all just eye test, and I kind of lo- kind of loved it. Uh, Joe Lenardi allegedly went 67 of 68. I'm going to give that a big fat, hey, how about that? that. Yeah. 67 of 68 bids he got. Hey, how about that? Which, again, you're talking about a guy who does nothing but look at the brackets in college basketball starting in November. And then he keeps updating every week, every week, every week, every week. And then he keeps updating every day as the conference tournaments go on. And so the 67 of the 68 teams... Really isn't a true sixty-seven of sixty-eight because guess what? You back out all the automatic bids, and it's half of that. And how much variance is there really going to be? But I know he's got he's got a he's got to thump his chest, got to toot his own horn. Who's going to do it for you, right? Aaron Torres, Fox Sports, one of the best college basketball writers broadcasters out there. Dual threat, really loves the game, follows the game well, covers it to the hilt. Tweeted, proof it's a weird year in college basketball. Georgia Tech wins its first ACC tournament since 93. Thanks to Virginia getting knocked out in part. Uh, Texas wins its first Big 12 tourney title ever. That I did not know. What the hell? Georgetown wins the Big East as an eight seed. And Oregon State wins their first Pac-12 title ever. What a year. What a sport, man. Amen to that. PFT commenter on Twitter says, Congrats to Coach Rick Patino for making the NCAA tournament. I will not be making a joke about how great it is to see him eliminating a strong seed to secure a birth. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Wow. Google Rick Pitino abortion booster Italian restaurant back booth, and that's all you need to know. Pivoting to football for a moment, Aaron Jones has signed with the Packers. Hallelujah. This is truly Christmas in March. Many of us thought he was as good as gone. But there it is. Four years, $48 million. Still haven't read or seen the particulars of how much is guaranteed, what are the out years, uh, avoidable, blah, blah. Don't care. Love Aaron Jones. He was with us on the radio every week this past year. And more importantly, I love what he does with the football in his hands. This is great. That said, I must now point out it makes the A.J. Dillon pick even more stupid. Why? Sure, you need depth at running back. Sure, you need somebody for the future. But that pick was made under the assumption of, hey, you know, these guys are going to be due for contracts. You're not going to keep them all. Can't keep them all. Probably shouldn't give running back second deals. Well, guess what? It makes it less Defensible now, a second-round pick. Now, Jamal Williams is a free agent. I'm going to assume he's gone, so I guess Dylan's now the true number two. But, I mean, you can get by with fifth, sixth-rounders, with guys who are, you know, scrap heap guys who've knocked around the league. You don't have to spend a second-round pick on RB2, who's going to be RB2, assuming Jones is healthy, for another two years. I mean, we're looking at three years of a second-round pick not being the featured back for the Packers, and that, to me, is not an optimal use. Of your draft picks. Drew Brees officially retired on Sunday night. Thought he might change his mind. I said that last week. I was like, you know, he hadn't retired yet, which is kind of weird. But he does officially hang him up. It'll be Taysom Hill and who knows what, because Jameis, old, the crab leg kid, is a free agent. So his, he's probably going to go elsewhere. And I guess it's the Taysom Hill show next year for the for the Saints. Could be awesome, could be ugly. I'm leaning towards ugly. Drew Brees retires as the all-time leader in yards and completions and second in touchdowns. He was trading it back and forth with Brady. Brady's going to eclipse him uh, or is going to stay ahead of him forever now in touchdowns and might catch him. I haven't looked at the totals in yards and completions. It doesn't really matter. Drew Brees retires after single-handedly lifting an NFL city and an NFL franchise from being the consummate backwater Terrible football-playing joke. The Aints lifted them to perennial contender, an exciting team to watch, and did it with a perseverance and a willingness and a leadership that was unmatched. I'd say build a statue of the guy, but, well, we know what happens to statues of white men in this country, so probably, I don't know, maybe. And, of course, all the news outlets had to make a point of saying, there was some controversy this year over the anthem and kneeling. But pretty much Drew Brees took the the L on that one and retreated as fast as he could. Now he retires. Hell of a football player. Marvin Hagler dies at 66 unexpectedly. Early tweet from Tommy uh, Hearns, I believe, the man who joined him in the ring for one of the greatest single opening rounds in boxing history, said it was shortly after vaccination for COVID. This has echoes of Hank Aaron, who was otherwise seemingly healthy, got the vaccine, died shortly thereafter, I think within a week. Now, look, I'm not saying they did. I don't even know the details. We don't know nothing about nothing. But at least that was out there in the bloodstream. We'll see if anything more comes of it. Haven't heard anything more from Hank Aaron on that front. So, you know, I'm not going to be a guy that draws these direct comparisons. But if it turns out that Hagler did get vaccinated and he did die relatively unexpectedly within a week, that's similar to Hank Aaron. Of course, none of us know when it's our time. We don't know when the Grim Reaper is going to say, tap, tap, it's time to go. Speaking of vaccines, I saw where several members of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans have received their first dose of the vaccine. Good for them, if they think that's what they want to do and they feel uh, necessary. Not all the uh, Pelicans did it, but it's an important, important, important. It's an important milestone in the entire um, sort of COVID arc here as we come up on three days from 15 days to slow the spread. That's, by the way, three days from now. It was, I think, on the 18th that the government said, oh yeah, just give us 15 days, coming up on a year now. It's important because now young, healthy athletes are able to get the vaccine. We're soon gonna be swimming in the vaccine, and I think the whole thing, hopefully a year later, is gonna unravel quickly. Justin Thomas wins the TPC, or Players' Championship. Poor Lee Westwood came up just short again. But I had a thought as I watched his lovely fiance Helen Story walk around carrying his bag. They pointed out on the broadcast that she doesn't really help him with anything. Doesn't make any reads. Doesn't uh, pick any yardages for him. All the other players have caddies who are like really into it, and they've got all the numbers, and they've been looping for years, and they know the courses, and they know the breaks. And Lee West is like, nah, she's my girlfriend. She's working for cheap. We're going to get married, and uh, I already know what I'm doing. I-, I can make reads myself. I can look at a yardage book myself, and that's what he does. It gets me to thinking just how overrated are caddies today on the PGA Tour. They are more celebrated than ever by broadcasters, and certainly guys like Greller, uh, who are into it with Speeth all the time. They get promoted to the moon, but aren't they a little bit overrated that here's Lee Westwood at 47, able to have his girlfriend on the bag and come damn near close to winning back-to-back times in two of the strongest fields on the PGA Tour? Just saying. There was a shot of uh, Helen lugging the bag from the 18th green over to the scoring tent and then over to the range after the round. And I think one of the announcers said, come on, Lee, don't you think you could at least take the bag from your fiancé and carry it? And I laughed. I was like, oh, careful. Could get canceled. That could be perceived as sexist somehow or overly chauvinistic, maybe not. I don't know. But I, I just know this. You can get canceled for anything these days. My first thought was, no, she should carry the bag. She's to, She wants to, the job is, whatever she's getting paid, maybe, well, again, this will be sexist, new curtains, new cabinets, I don't know. <laughs> what does a woman want who's getting married to the love of her life on a beautiful mulligan romance? Bitcoin, maybe, who knows? She took the job, the job is carry the bag. Keep up, shut up. Show up, keep up, shut up. I think that's the three words of caddying, So the job is the rounds over and no, the player is going to walk without the bag all the way to the scorer's tent to the range of necessary. And then to the trunk of their courtesy car and you are carrying the bag the whole way. So no, he shouldn't take the bag off her back. She can handle it. She's fit. She's small, but she's fit. All right, time for the my bookie gut hunch, gut punch of the day. We're going to mmm to your man. Every day I'm just going to throw out a gut hunch of a play. Nothing scientific, not reams of data, just a gut hunch. I've got the Knicks plus seven and a half tonight against the Nets on the road. Why? Patrick Ewing. The former Knicks great, makes the tournament as head coach of Georgetown. A little bit of Patrick magic wears off on his former team in the NBA, the New York Knicks. They cover tonight against the Nets. Book it. That is my gut hunch, gut punch of the day. And as you know, there's plenty of places you can get action these days online. Your state may have just legalized it. Well, whoopity-do. Check out the restrictions on your state. Oh, you got to be here. GPS this. Restriction that. And my bookie, they don't have all that. They've been in this game all long time before these Johnny come lately. So go with your gut, bet with your head, not over, as Furio says. Have some fun. Get some sweet action, as we like to say. get <laughs> some sweet action. Open an account today at mybookie.ag. Promo code ZABE for bonuses on sign up and let them know you heard it here. You bet, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. The official book of the ZABE cast. Mm-hmm. All right, our next guest on the ZabeCast here is a very special guest. He is a dude that used to be, I mean, still is. I don't want to say he's not. It's complicated. But he and I lived together, worked together, and hung out together and were best friends in college and beyond for a little bit. He even lived with me when I was living at home on the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, and actually lived For a couple months after i had moved out with my mom and dad and he was dating a girl that went to my high school and then somewhere like 20 some odd years ago we just sort of you know drifted apart and it wasn't and there's no big blow up or if there was i don't remember it i didn't harbor it it was just sort of like okay dude you're gonna go do your thing i'm gonna go do my thing and you know guy gazunt, go with god but the internet has a funny way of bringing people back together. So, without further ado, we say hello to Scott Lawrence, the former sports editor at the Daily Nexus newspaper where he and I wrote, as well as the San Nicolas Dorm Ultimate Frisbee Champion 1986, now turned commercial real estate developer living in Charlotte, North Carolina, who had to blow up my phone last night because guess who's in the tournament? Mr. Lawrence the gauchos once again (laughs) what's up once again
3: what is up yeah but that you made the good point i mean for there was a while where my whole life was steve zabin i had steve zabin i had steve zabin family i had the uh the house uh in stirrup cup lane and you know the mean streets of mclean i was all i was all steve zabin all the time
2: you're the only guy besides my brother and my sister that got the full jim and kathy Zabin yes. experience you were I like did. you're like the fifth
3: Zabin, like the fifth I, beetle <laughs> i did i i was uh i was led into the world of uh Mom's enchiladas and uh, oh, yeah, man, I remember yeah. that and the, the the crab feast in the back and uh walking in and your dad's taking a nap on the lazy boy. I was I was all I was I was inner circle. I was inner circle.
2: It's great to hear from you again, and I appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate Absolutely. the fact that you listen to my nonsense now on podcasts, <laughs> and you're always you're texting me like, "What about this guy? What about him?" I'm like, shit, Lawrence, you don't need to listen to my bullshit. You heard it all in college. <laughs> it's all the same stuff. It's just warmed over after all these years. So That's Scott right. and I. You were the sports editor at the Daily Nexus from what year to what year?
3: I was a sports editor at the Daily Nexus from – oh, boy, you're going to make me test my knowledge here. So 87? Yeah, I went into 86. I think it was 88, 89. There was a two-year period there. I think around 88, 89, 88, 89, 90, somewhere around there. Uh, Yeah, during the Brian Shaw years and – one year we went to the NCAA tournament when oh, we went yeah. to Cincinnati. Can't remember. I think that was 89. Can't remember. Well, but yeah, there was two I'll,
2: years. I'll fill that in just a second, by the way. So Scott good. and I in college quickly became good friends, worked together at the student newspaper. Uh, Scott's from San Bernardino, San Berdu, yep. a California kid, loves sports, loves golf, the whole schmear. And, uh, was a fucking amazing sports editor, uh, was management before it was cool to be management. He had a good touch for, hey, bro, you got to do it this way because I'd try to cut corners and shit and he would keep me in line. And the third wheel of it was was our boy Aaron Heifetz, who became the press secretary for the U.S. women's national team in soccer and has traveled the globe with those girls and has been on some of the most amazing continents and stages and venues. He wrote for the student newspaper as well. And we had a run of a couple of years there where we were just nerding out writing sports yep. articles
3: for the paper. Yep. Yeah, just seeing how many we could do and writing feature stories and Aaron would uh remember we, we, we would live in the sports uh, office for weeks at a time and eat oh, ramen yeah. noodles and and uh, I always think about your 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 Palermo's relationship and I think about remember we had that relationship where we had uh Giovanni's official pizza oh. next to sports and we were getting that free pizza every week until the advertising manager came in and put the kibosh on that
2: <laughs> oh you mean at the at the at the newspaper at,
3: at the ne- at the nexus yeah remember right we used to put that right because the at.
2: pizza place didn't give a shit right that's right they're, they're right. like it's right. one <laughs> extra pie we get an ad in the student paper that's a good exactly. deal but we, but, but, but yeah but the, the student newspaper was an actual student run for profit yep. publication yeah. right
3: it was a yeah but the thing the thing about it was we did not have a journalism department at uc Santa barbara you isn't that
2: remember. fucking crazy
3: did not have a journalism department, did not have a journal, an official journalism advisor. It was literally a bunch of 19-year-olds living under Stork Tower at UC Santa Barbara, putting out a newspaper, you know, editing it ourselves. Five days a stories, week. Five, five, days five days a week. Five days a week. Yeah, this was not a weekly collegiate, you know, sort of hobby thing. No. This was a daily. We were up till 3 in the morning, putting the stuff on the flats, taking it to the... Uh, the Santa Barbara paper to get it printed. And it was just a bunch of kids. Literally the place looked like a, you know, a frat house. Right. Um, and was, you know, there were just cups of uh, tobacco spit and coffee cups and, but as I recall everywhere, yeah.
2: As I recall, I got, we got paid $5 an article or 10. Uh,
3: Yeah, it was 10. Yeah, that's right. 10 bucks an article for a byline. If you did a byline that had your name at the top, you got 10 bucks. Uh, maybe it was fifteen. I can't remember. If you did like a little six-inch sort of cut line that had your name at the bottom, maybe you got five. But yeah, you could make some decent money. And we well, you know, shit. We wrote, we, we I wrote, wrote I
2: wrote three or four articles a week, and yeah. then between that and uh, refing intramurals, <laughs> I was fucking rich, Lawrence. Yeah, I was yeah. so happy and so rich, yeah. I'm like I got an extra couple hundred bucks in my pocket. It was fucking yeah. great. And yep. uh, and and by the way, the newspaper did produce some other notables, including Matt Welch. Who is uh, he? He was the editor in chief of Reason
3: magazine. Yeah, uh, yeah, editor in large, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was he was one of the higher ups at Reason magazine, right? And uh, uh, and a Fox News. He he hosted a show on Fox News Channel for a while. Yeah.
2: And the funny thing, it was you know when Matt was there, he was your you know long haired, tie dye, yeah. no shoes, yeah. you know typical California liberal. He's turned that's, that's into right. a stone cold yeah. libertarian. V- yep. brilliant by the way he's a brilliant guy he's
3: brilliant
2: brilliant and brilliant, uh, yep. kicking ass and then uh, and then uh uh elliot um josh elliot. josh elliot who got yep. big on espn got that yep. huge deal on abc news and yep. then fucked it all up because he couldn't keep his dick in his pants and blew <laughs> up his marriage i haven't seen him since have you on television uh-
3: no, but what, no, I just saw him on when he was doing Good Morning America. They did a little segment on him and his days at UC Santa Barbara and and uh they did a tour through the nexus and they called him the sports editor which he never was and officially. that, josh, that josh, I hope you pissed you off you're <laughs> like josh, the fuck like, he yeah. was
2: like josh yeah. was a nice guy but Great as God. as as belies his handsome looks he didn't give a fuck he was yeah. there just yeah. to. he was in josh world the whole time which yeah. made him perfect for television by the way that's
3: right he came in and you know i think we just gave him like you know 10 inch stories to write on whatever sport he was covering and sometimes <laughs> they were late probably they were late probably they took a little extra editing and you know, it was it was what it was. It was college, so you, you took what you can get as an editor, but yeah.
2: So here is the ultimate tragedy, perhaps, of where I'm at now in my life. And I'll set it up, and then I'll shut up and let you fill in the gaps. So UCSB played for the Big West Championship last night and won, right? Yep, yep. I not only didn't know they were playing, I didn't care they were playing, and oh, even, sure. when, even when my buddies Git and Mikey O'Neal texted me from Vegas to show me their UCSB tickets— I didn't even bother to go try to watch. I told them, you're wasting their money. They're terrible. Now, there's a reason why that I did this. And by the way, this is a huge tragedy given that nothing in my world matters as much as the Gaucho basketball team from back when you and I were in college. We lived it. We loved it. We couldn't get enough of it, right? Right, exactly. Here's what happened. One year when they made the – the last time they made the tournament 10 years ago and they went to the sub regional in Milwaukee – they played mm-hmm. Ohio State. They got turned inside out like a dirty yeah. fucking sock. <laughs> yeah. And I was there in person, and I actually saw our longtime SID, Bill Mahoney, who at the oh, time yeah. was still there.
3: I don't know if he's still the SID. Yeah. Is he? Uh, I, don't, I have no clue. I I have no clue. I'll just say real quick, I have. I am so out of touch with UCSB. They send me alumni postcards oh. wanting money oh, literally yeah. they, twice a week. They, and they, yes! They never they they go right into the recycling right in the, right in the
2: trash can right exactly i'm like you put me in your hall of fame then we can fucking talk <laughs> i'm in, right, i'm right. in zero halls of fame i guess i haven't that's done right. enough for you so how about a that's little right. something if you want my money so anyway they, they got just destroyed and i just i watched it up close and i was just i felt like you know what we're so small time Maybe yeah. it was different back when UCSB was beating UNLV, the last yeah. team to beat the Rebels before they went on a yeah. year and a half tear yeah. through everyone in college right. basketball. That's I feel right. like the gap has widened, right? Because we were not even competitive. It was a joke. I was embarrassed for my alma mater. So yeah. since then, I don't think I've given two shits about yeah. UCSB, and that's terrible. Yep. That's bad yep. of me, Lawrence, as an alum. Now no, talk I'm to with me. The-
3: I'm, I'm with you the same way. I mean, so there's a guy I worked at the newspaper with. You know, call, his name is Todd Francis, one of the artists at the uh, Nexus. He and I have been texting probably weekly since, you know, we graduated. So, you know, thirty by 28-some-odd years, whatever it's been. So he and I keep in touch. We keep in touch with California sports, the Angels, the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. And I only know what the Gauchos are doing because he keeps in touch with it, and he texts me. You know, Gauchos are doing this. Gauchos thought this year. Gauchos this. So probably five days ago, he sends me a text saying, Oh, the Gauchos are whatever winning streak they had. The Gauchos are doing really well this year. They've got the player of the year. I was like, oh, really? Okay. So fair weather, you know, fan and alumni that I am. I started looking into, I'm like, okay. And they win the first round of the uh, big West tournament. And then they play in the semifinals. So I'm like, well, let me, let me go check it out. So, it's on ESPN three. I've got to download the ESPN app on my uh, smart my smart TV. ESPN3. I watch it. Yeah, ESPN three, which Jesus. I didn't get, but I had it. I had to download it, so I, Here, I got it. Quick, pause, quick it. pause
2: for, and then you can continue. ESPN three. We used to be the featured game on big Monday. That's right. On ESPN fucking one.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now
2: this is where we're relegated.
3: ESPN three. Continue. Yeah. After they changed the name from the Pacific coast athletic association to the big West, I think that was in 91 or 92. That's right. We were on big Monday. That's right. So, um, so I didn't know anything, but my friend Todd told me that they were playing. I watched them. um, and they looked great. They, they, they looked like better than the gauchos of old. When we had Eric MacArthur and guys hitting, you know, Jays from three points and, you know, moving the ball. And they looked absolutely fantastic. Very well coached moved well on defense. I'm like, well, this is looking pretty good. So they won their semifinal game and then they line up this sort of rematch with the Irvine Anteaters last night after Irvine had beat them twice during the season, which I didn't know about until Todd told me. So he, <laughs> he's my, he's my source of info for everything. Gauchos. Um, and so I'm like, I've got to watch this. In fact, I, I was even thinking, where can I put some money on this damn game? Because I saw the Gaucho's were minus three, and I'm like, oh, this is just tailor made. I go, Gaucho's are going to lose again, or they're going to, you know, win and not cover. I go, this is just too good. So you're going to so bet I, against our alma mater. Gonna, well, you know, I was, and that way I win either way. Either I pick up a couple, couple <laughs> coins, happiness you know, a couple <laughs> yeah, That's right. Or uh, my team will go to the tournament. So couldn't get a bet in, but I watched it, and. Boy, I tell you, the first half was just classic gouchers. They'd pull, get a five-point lead, give up a three-pointer, turn it over. And I'm like, this is just going I, – I know where this is going. I think I might have even flipped away. And then when I came back, they're up by like 12 or 13 just in like five minutes. I was like, okay, okay. So I started watching it. And I tell you, damn, if they didn't just put it all together – and just you know, start playing defense. Start you know getting some offensive rebounds, and they put together a good game and finished strong. So anyway, so they beat the they beat the Antlers. I mean, handedly, I don't remember what the final score was, but it was a good you know, fourteen or so points. Um, and now now they're gonna they're gonna go into the tournament in, in a year when it seems pretty wide open because there's a bunch of no names who won their yeah you know Why, won their conference tournaments, and who knows? Wide open, but still, we're gonna be what a fifteen oh, seed. I um. At worst, I would think at worst we'd be a 15. Yeah. What do you think we'd
2: be as high as a 13?
3: Well, I think, you know, Irvine was it last year? Irvine was a 13 last year, and they won. They beat four last year and then got killed in the second round. So I don't know. You never know, right. you know. It just, depend, just depends on who wins their tournaments. And there were a lot of names I never saw before, you know. Is this guy, from the MIAC and stuff? Is this guy Williams still the head coach? Uh, Pasternak, I think. You know, that the, the, the Josh Pasternak the I, is head coach at UCSB you now? You know, you're gonna have to edit this out because I don't even—I don't even know. I watched two games. I don't even know who that damn head coach is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard the name Pasternak, and they showed him on the TV. Yeah, Joe, a oh times no, Joe mask.
2: Joe Pasternak. Yeah, Joe
3: Pas- Yeah, Joe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Bob so, Bob um, Williams was the other guy that was. That's at, right.
3: Right. He and, was. Yeah, he was post Jerry Pym, and yeah, that's right.
2: Okay. So so I want to talk. By the way, was this game last night at home?
3: At UCSB? It, no, it was in the the semifinals and the finals were in Vegas. Oh right. The semifinals were at Mandalay Bay, and the one last night was somewhere else. I can't even, I mean, and it was it was funny because there was nobody in the stands, and they would even have the uh, you could even see where the the floor stopped. It wasn't even like a baseball scene. You could tell they just assembled a floor because over to the side there was like a you know, a, a five inch high sort of cliff where the, the, the floor just ended in right. know, press chairs or whatever. It was real. It was real, <laughs> it was a real makeshift. There was no, I think I saw one, there was one guy in the stands that you could see from where the camera was. Um, but it, what's funny about it is these games where there's nobody in the stands. It doesn't seem like the players really even, I mean, I'm sure it matters to them, but they play just as hard. It seems like whether there's fans in the stands or not, but no, there was nobody in the stands. So it's not nine, even, not even cardboard cutouts.
2: It's 1987. We're sophomores Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the basketball program is starting to get going. Jerry pym has got some hot recruits. Ben Howland, who you may know from UCLA, having gone to the final four back-to-back years, and he ran into Yannick Noah and Al Horford twice, which kind of sucks. And so that kind of sent his career off on a bad downward spiral. But still, so they were getting it going and they had a really good team that year. And they had a guy by the name of uh, Eric MacArthur who went on to get a yep. cup of coffee with the Celtics, then yep. played internationally. Uh, Eric was a six-six spring bean who could jump out of the gym and had these long ass go-go gadget yeah. arms.
3: His, his arms were also six-six. Yes, exactly.
2: He basically, he almost led the nation in rebounding. Yep. He, At six six, because he had such great instincts he, and long he, arms and live legs.
3: That's right. That's right. He did for a while. I think he, for a while he was leading the the nation in rebounding, and you know didn't finish that way. But yeah, for a while he was getting some national notoriety. Absolutely. And
2: and, and he had this nickname on the team called the Freeze.
3: The Freeze.
2: So you, as sports editor, sent me out as young cub reporter to go do a feature <laughs> on MacArthur, and I yep. sat down with him. I talked to him, and I talked to some of his players and team, and blah blah blah. And I heard about the nickname, the Freeze. And I said, "Hey, why don't I, I worked with our photo editor? Said so like, why don't we go find like a freezer somewhere <laughs> on campus and take a picture of him holding some basketballs and with some glasses on? Yeah, it it yeah. was kind of cool, whatever. But yeah. so in the story, I had a throwaway line that was probably four or five graphs in about how wild the student events center, yeah, or, yep. which was six thousand bleacher seats, six thousand yep. pulled out." Literally, that's the kind of facility it was. Just a big <laughs> yep. cross of a thing, totally unsophisticated, very small yep. time, but it was it was selling out. It was getting loud as shit. We were on ESPN as the third game yep. of Big Monday. Uh, yep. We had developed this tradition of throwing tortillas onto the court after yep. the first basket, which, of course, yep. drew a technical. But it was becoming a bit of a thing. And in the yep. story, as you remember, Scott, I had a throwaway line about – it's no surprise that the event center has become the league's Thunderdome as yep. the Gauchos are routinely packing him in and playing great basketball. Just yep. like that, just a throwaway yep. line. Yep. You as the sports editor saw then go, "Ooh, that's a good one there," and then you splashed it up in the headline. Yeah. Thunderdome. Yeah. It, it quickly op- it took off. It quickly took off. They're talking about an on ESPN. Yep. Well, yep. lo and behold, when it came time for the local paper in town, the Santa Barbara News Press, to write yep. the article on the nickname, who took credit for the nickname? Do you remember his name?
3: Bill Mahoney took credit for it. Uh. The SID. <laughs> but do you remember the, do you remember the writer at the news press who worked in conjunction with Bill Mahoney to, to swipe that name? That Mark, like do you remember
2: Mark Patton? Mark Patton,
3: Mark nice Patton. guy, but nice your prototypical
2: guy. small market news writer schlub, Absolutely. sports writer schlub. Nice fella, no, 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 but yeah. but it was a shameless ripoff, and you and I were yeah. fucking pissed.
3: Yeah. We, were, right? we were pissed. We Not
2: were pissed. that there was any money in it or any royalties, no. but it's nope. like, hey, fuck
3: you guys, really. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, and you're being humble because you 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 came up with the name. All I did was you know write a headline and hype it up in the stories, but no, you came up with it. And, um, so people should know that. And to this day, they call it the Thunderdome and, boy, and ESPN. Um, I don't know if they ever give Bill Mahoney credit, but they, they definitely love that, that branding. And the thing about the event center that ESPN loved was it was, it was not a lot of seats for a pretty big arena, but it was so loud. It right. looked so good on TV and it was such a nice building anyway. Um, and it was so close knit. Like if you were sitting in the front, you know, it wasn't even, they weren't even seats. They were it was just seats. literally bleachers. It was benches, were, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Benches, benches. Yeah. If you were in the front seat, in the very first bench you were maybe four and a half feet from the floor oh yeah and so the play and you and you remember when we were playing you UNLV and just you know lighting up when we had brian shaw and they were hitting three four hundred i mean it would, it would get so loud oh. you could not even hear yourself think on press row it was amazing
2: it was great and, and the and, irony and, is a it's not a dome it's a square a box building <laughs> b, b there's no thunder in california it doesn't <laughs> get humid enough for thunder That's so right. it sort of made no sense but man those That's were right. great times i'll never forget yep. uh uh, uh, Loyola Marymount came to our place, came to the Thunderdome yep. to play us yep. at the peak of Hank Gather's, right. Bo Kimball, right. Paul Westhead, the whole thing. That's right. That's and they right. played that up and down shit. I think it was like one fifty six to one fifty five yeah. when it was all said yeah. and done. But yeah. the Gauchos won. Yep. And I was running around like a fucking fool afterwards, oh like gosh. some Yahoo fan. And you had to tell me, "Hey, bro, you've got a press pretension, <laughs> press credential on." You need to act more professional. And you know what, Scott? You were fucking right. I needed to hear that. But
3: I was just a complete Yahoo repeat! I I, I took myself a little seriously in college. I thought I was a journalist, a sports journalist. And looking back, it's like, oh, my God, what the hell was I thinking? Well, speaking Um, of sports
2: journalism, you know, the biggest story that we broke that caused a lot of headaches was when uh, one of John Peterson's fraternity brothers— Got the specially, marked half, the specially marked program to be in the halftime $10,000 yep. shot contest. Yep. Yep. So here's what happened. So there was this guy that was in the fraternity with another buddy of mine, my other roommate, John Peterson, who's now the head coach at Ohlone College Junior College. Shout out to Ohlone College up there in Northern Bay Area if you're <laughs> listening. And I knew that this guy, this guy Darren, I think his name was, that was on their fraternity team was a really good player. Well, not good enough to be a Division One player, but probably could have played D2 or D3. He's good player. He's a ringer, right? And they had this contest where if you hit a free throw, a three pointer, and a half court shot yeah. in 30 seconds, you got like $10,000, right? Yeah. yeah. But you had to first be random, randomly selected by having a program with a star on one certain page, right? Well, I had gotten it from Peterson. He's like, Watch this. We're going to get our boy Darren one of those stars. And tonight he's got a shot at doing it. Sure enough, he gets the program, he gets out there, and as luck would have it, bing, bang, boom, yep. Yep. three for three, 10 grand. Now I'm sitting on this information and I bring it to you. And I'm like, hey, this was an inside job. And so we start raising questions. The whole athletic department has fucking got their pants up their ass, right? Remember that (laughs) whole deal? They're like, can you prove this? And blah, 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 blah. And and now, you know, Johnny is mad at me for fucking leaking this shit. And I'm like, hey, man, big J journalist. What can I do? Yep. Maybe your guy yeah. shouldn't have hit that half quarter. This would have been a yeah.
3: non-story. Yep, that's right. But, yeah, no, I remember talking about that. It was just a matter of, you know, we couldn't get anybody going go on the record saying that this was the case. I mean, you know, what, what are you going to do? So, it's just – there were a bunch of stories like that that we kind of knew – you know um, and we never ran background. it we never, never ran never, it cuz we couldn't, back it. It up.
2: couldn't think, back it up and i think i think the guy got his money anyway of course you know that shit's all yeah. insured anyway. it's so. all insured
3: it, yeah. yeah in fact in fact i remember looking into that yeah the i remember trying to find out what the insurance premium was so the athletic department didn't care because they were paying the premium anyway so they 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 were fine with it right but but but, but, no, but, we, but our no, relationship
2: with the athletic department as the sports department of the daily paper was at times rocky because yes. we didn't fucking kiss their ass. Like no. UNLV came in a subsequent year after we beat yeah. them, and yeah. they fucking thrashed us like a rag doll. Yeah. They like Anderson yeah. Hunt, Greg Anthony, Ackles, uh, <laughs> Mo Scurry. Yeah. Yeah. They had like down, yeah. they had like eleven dunks in the game, and so yes. you ran a sports editor <laughs> to this huge sports page quad dunk picture graphic yeah four right. dunks and man were they pissed at that like it hey pissed. why you gotta run that and i'm like right. well it fucking happened <laughs> what do you yeah.
3: mean why yeah. you gotta run that yep and then like i said you know it, it, the re- everybody, every- all these 19-year-olds that worked at the paper—they were just all, you know, Hunter S. Thompson types. They just wanted to be journalists, and they weren't—they <laughs> weren't interested in being the uh, the mouthpiece of the administration or the PR arm of the athletic yeah. department. So we were—and and granted, in hindsight, you know, going back 30 years of hindsight, we definitely overcompensated. When I when I think back to some of the you leads so? I wrote and some of—oh yeah, yeah, yeah—there there are some leads I wrote in some of these articles where it was just like completely negative to the point where players would come up to me and, and be like, what the heck did you just write? You know, like, <laughs> you know, when I think about what I wrote, just complete editorializing and, and, and what people don't understand, it's like, yeah, it was editorializing. But at the end of the day, I was a student and a fan and I was just mad. So if, they, if the basketball team lost, I was upset. And I just had an outlet. I had a channel where I could voice that frustration <laughs> right. by writing a, 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 you know, a piece about how upset I was. And um, you but, know, yeah, but you know Mahoney what it, you know Mahoney.
2: you know what it was a it was an artifact of it's because yeah. we were young and this was our yeah. whole, whole world this is all that's we right. cared about we didn't have that's families right. didn't have kids there was going to be right. no life perspective it's like they've lost three games in a row including to Pacific this is fucking that's right. bullshit <laughs> that's right
3: yeah so, people don't understand you know when you when you're doing this journalism thing you know and like I said when you're putting out a daily paper we were literally the editors anyway we were in that office. Uh, we would go out of the office to go to class, come back, go to class, yeah. maybe go to class, Hang out but the for the office. most part, we were in that damn office for mm-hmm. 18 hours a day, 18 hours a day, you know? And so you, you but it was a, it a clubhouse. It wasn't like it was we clubhouse. were sitting
2: there grinding. We were, we were doing our work, but we were also we were hanging out. I mean, exactly. it was, it was, it was in effect a nerd fraternity, it was. but it was a it was, fraternity was. with girls as well. And there was a few, yep. cute, a few cute, cute girls at the paper.
3: Yeah. But the, but the bad thing was they gave the sports, you know the sports desk its own office, so we would just go in there and, you know, eat free, eat free eat free pizza and maybe drink beer. And we had our own exit to the U uh, University Center, so we would just take that and nobody ever saw us. And we would just open the door every once in a while and heard no, we opened we the opened, desk. <laughs> we opened
2: the window. The window yeah, was slid window. open, so we it could hop out the That's window. Right. And, right. and if you Google, if you do a Google Maps on UC Santa Barbara, Harvard of the West, ding, 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 yeah, right. that's, um, that's right. it, you'll see Stork Plaza named after some guy named Stork with an E. Huge <laughs> concrete square tower, bell tower, huge concrete sort of gathering area that was mostly empty most of the time, but it was a great place yeah. to play Frisbee. That's
3: right.
2: Fucking great right. place to play Frisbee. Oh. Southern California, life could not have been yeah. any fucking better.
3: Yeah, see, I grew up in Southern California, so I had a taste of that. You grew up in the East Coast, so you know that was probably just complete Nirvana for you. But but still, I don't know who. I still to this day don't know whose idea it was to put a university on a peninsula jutting out into the Pacific Ocean, because it's completely nowhere to be putting anything of, a, no. you know, of educational value. But they did, and it was a complete Nirvana for you know how, how long was I there? I think I was there for six years. You know, don't quote me, but yeah, f- f- five years to graduate, and then I worked there for a year. So why
2: uh, why have you? So why have you and I shunned? our alma mater?
3: I I don't know. I, I think about this all the time. I don't know. You, you live I, on I, the East Coast
2: now. You live in I, North Carolina. I, By the I way, I love Char- North yeah. Carolina. I would live in Charlotte yeah. now if I could. I lived yeah. there before, but yeah. So you're a California yeah. kid who shunned California. I just sort of... I got over it with California because of all the attendant nonsense and the hyper liberalism. And right now during lockdown, I would be losing my fucking mind. The weather is beautiful. The cost of living is through the roof, the traffic and the congestion and the real estate is crazy, but the weather, you can't beat it.
3: No, I, I, you can't beat it. And I'm like you, I just became a bastion of liberalism. I just couldn't, when I started, you know, getting a little bit more aware after college, I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. And to the point where one year I think I just hit, I just loaded my car up and took a cross country trip. Wanted to see the country ended up in your neck of the woods. And, uh, and then stayed. I remember you, you even told me, you said, Hey, you got to hang your hat somewhere. Cause I had no, I had no job. I had nowhere to live. I had nothing. You're like, well, why don't you stay here? You got to hang your hat somewhere. And yeah. the rest is history. Stay, stayed with you. Stayed, uh, stay on the East coast and went to went from Northern Virginia to Raleigh to Charlotte. And I haven't, I haven't left. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, but back to, yeah. back to Santa Barbara. I mean, yep. Scott, I wouldn't trade those days for the world. Oh, God. Not only were they so fun, it was just, it, it did so much formatively That's right. for me and I think for you as well. And That's right. it was the best education you could get. You're right. There was no formal uh, no, journalism department. No journalism. My communications double minor or double major is <laughs> some bullshit called mass communications right. or something like that. It's not even journalism. Right. Wait. Right. It's, Hold on. No, 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 no. My double major. Hold on. I got it here on the wall. Look at this. Uh, communication and political science is my major. I'm looking at my diploma okay. right on okay. the wall here. and um, And it was in interpersonal communications. It was Game not surface. even mass communications. They didn't even offer it, but it didn't matter because the shit that you learn being around other people and just kind of being right. inspired and being creative and right. learning how to do shit. And I mean, you know, we had these photographers that got paid a little bit to take pictures for the student paper, but yeah. they were just out there cause they wanted to learn how to do it, you know? Yep. Yep. And, and they were going to the games, they were getting the photos delivered. I forget how difficult it was back in 87 to do that, to get them developed and get them to the printer and all this other shit. Yeah.
3: yeah, it was it was a real operation for the Times. I mean, a bunch of 19-year-olds, and, and it just so happened, I mean, there were some really smart 19-year-olds that worked at that newspaper you could learn a lot from that had a lot of perspective and a lot of opinions on things and weren't afraid to voice them. It was, I mean, it was just a uh, a hotbed of just learning. I learned more in that dang you know office, Bill yeah. Stork Tower, than I learned with my, and I was an international relations poli poly science major. I learned more under that... that uh, at tower than I did in every class for five years. I went there. I mean, it was, there was no question. I mean, it set me up for everything It, it management and how to deal with people and mm-hmm. multiple deadlines and multiple tasks and all that. I mean, I, to this day, to this day, I still dream about that place. Every once in a while I will still dream about the Nexus that I'm in the Nexus in the sports office, you know, with, 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 with the staff doing something to this day. It's just, it, it'll never go away. It's amazing. It's amazing. Do you,
2: do you know what college newspapers are like today i i have no idea i really haven't looked into
3: i ha yeah i have um another person uh actually another sports writer well carlina you know carlina i don't know if this will be on your thing but yeah carlina i keep in touch with and she used to send me some of the issues that they're putting out now carlina gower carlina gower yeah carlina gower so i keep in touch with her too she's still hot and wait was that my out loud voice no, she 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 is actually. She's actually she's a year older than us. Great, and yes, great girl. Um, I love that girl. Yeah. All right. Uh, 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 I'll send you. I'll send you pictures. Okay. Anyway, um, but she uh she would she still hangs out there and in you know hangs out with the old players you know Gary Gray and Eric MacArthur and uh, really oh yeah Lucius Davis yeah she was she was close with them back at Carlton Davenport she was close with them at the time and she still is it's amazing where are all those guys. They're all doing various things around the nation. It's funny; some of them are still in California, and they've got, they got—they all obviously just have regular jobs. Not a lot of them are even coaching. And she keeps in touch with Character Hard. I mean, it's a who's who of you know the Gauchos back in the late '80s, early '90s. She knows, she knows them yeah. all. Still, she keeps in touch with them. Did but, um, uh,
2: did you now? There's a, also a, a bunch of uh, writers and editors from the Nexus, a, a bunch, at least three or four, that went to Czechoslovakia after yes. graduating to start an English newspaper there that's right
3: so there's a there's a paper called prognosis i don't know if it's still called prognosis but it was the first english-speaking newspaper in czechoslovakia the, the czech republic after you know after the revolution they they went there and they ate potatoes and lived in some dank dark cold you know you <laughs> started an english newspaper started, started in
2: czechoslovakia yep. Yep. with nothing but just grit and hustle man that's grit and hustle
3: amazing it, it, it is amazing it's amazing and then even even still after the first you know the first wave of five x you know neck sites went and did that there was another wave of three or four that went and did that and you know they all they all got jobs you know pat whalen was a former editor-in-chief who was part of that group and he went and um worked for radio free europe or i think he still does amy collins is a you know freelance writer for every news you know news agency cnn and, right. and all of them and um I mean, Laura Pitter and Matt Welch and Wade Daniel. I mean, all of Doug Arianas. I mean, it's really a you know, it's a who's who if you're in that world of journalism and you know, um, you know, national journalism. Too but, bad journalism's dead now, right, Scott? Well, yeah, but 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 it is. Yeah, it's, it's funny, right? You know, and it's funny because even after uh, even after UCSB, I worked at a couple of newspapers. I worked at the Las Vegas Sun for a while, and um, and I remember just thinking, this is just going nowhere. They had digital dark rooms. There was you know, the photos were being edited. Like everything was just going to the internet. I'm like. This, this is just going the way of the the you know the dinosaur and um, and so I got out of it and sure enough you know there's maybe what five newspapers left or the, there's going to be five newspapers left one day
2: the sad thing but, is um, the sad thing is the tools to produce content the digital tools and technology is so amazing it's so yeah. democratized it's so That's cheap right. nowadays however the desire to seek actual truth uh, don't get me started has has never it's not been yeah. lower
3: never been lower it's not it's not about truth it's about being first man gotta be first
2: and if not you know? first it's being partisan your side my oh, side God. that kind of bullshit so it's yeah. a sad state but man those were some good yeah. fucking times so i guess i've got yeah. to now
3: school myself up on this basketball team before. <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah i guess was it t- when did the when did the is it today tonight it come out yeah, tonight, in right. an hour
2: an hour An from hour. now. Okay. So okay, I'll, I'll text you when we find out our seed. And yeah. then And then I'll go to uh, UCSB.com and see if there's any bookstore shit.
3: I, can <laughs> okay. I suck, yeah. man. I'm the worst okay. alum ever. I'll have to get a foam finger and a big old gaucho hat or something just so you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, well, yeah, you know, it'll be exciting. And you know, we'll see what they're ranked. And, um, but, I mean, I tell you, the, the team is good. I mean, just watching them, granted, I've only seen two games all season and it was the last well, 2 you They're good. Um, but they they're are They're definitely good. They're, they're
2: going to lose by 30 as a 15 seed. But that's all right. We're in the tournament. They might. Yeah, We're they might.
3: The We're in the tournament. All
2: right. right. Hey, when you're up in D.C. next, give me a holler. I'll invite you I to will. the free hugs and candy van. And if I go down there to Charlotte, I'll say hello to you.
3: All you right? Know, you know, keep, I, keep, I keep hearing about the free hugs and candy van. I'm, I'm, I'm in, man. <laughs> Just let me know when you're, let me know when you're uh, making the next road trip. I'll be out in the uh, street waiting
2: for you. All right, fucker. As we like to say, go
3: Gauchos. All right, man. You, you bet.
0: Go Gauchos. See all right, Steve <laughs>
3: We'll end on this
2: today. It was Daylight Savings Time spring forward on Saturday night and Sunday morning, or technically Sunday morning at 2 a.m., and it reignited the debate on social media and elsewhere about, we need to get rid of this! So I sent out a tweet, mockingly, in all caps, screaming, Oh my God, what a debacle. I just spent five minutes changing four clocks in my house. I forgot it. I almost forgot it was tonight. My whole Sunday is ruined. I'm so tired. And of course, a few anti-daylight savings time hardos came at me on Twitter. You want to come at me, bro? Come at me. I think I put hashtag shut up, babies. I don't get what people who are so angry about this twice a year ritual. I know there's reasons why they say they don't like it. They'd prefer to have more daylight in the mornings. Uh, Which by the way, if we didn't go to daylight savings time, the sun would come up in many parts of the country at 4:45 a.m. in the dead of summer. Ain't nobody need that. Somebody goes, yeah, but I bet the go. My my point was you can't go out for a cocktail in the hour from 4.45 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., but you sure as fuck can in the summer from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. to take advantage of the glorious late evenings, summer evenings, thanks to daylight savings time. Somebody goes, well, the golf course would be pretty empty at that time. I'm like, no, because dickheads like you are going to be playing at 4.45 a.m. Plus, you'd have to maintain the course. Uh, the mowers and the you know tra- uh, trap breakers have to get out there earlier than you playing. They're going to be up there at 2 a.m., No, fuck that noise. Okay, we'll just leave it on daylight savings time. And we'll just suck it up in the winter. Okay, we can suck it up, but you know, then the sun is not going to come up until 8.45. If not almost 9 o'clock in some of the more northern big cities of the country. I'd be okay with that, but that would be weird as fuck. Now, there's a lot of studies that say uh, traffic accidents spike after daylight savings time. By the way, I think that's people trying to change their car clock while they are driving. That's my theory on that. Don't do that. Please park and do it calmly and coolly and you're good to go. Um, I think it makes sense. We have an optimal sort of day. And every year in the dead of winter as we get towards the uh, winter solstice and when we get to the summer closer to the summer solstice, we want to tweak the day to center it up. It's like scooching a desk a little bit over and then a little bit back. And it's not fucking hard. I mean, seriously, it's not. It's twice a year. Every news outlet says, hey, it's spring forward. Hey, it's fall back. In the fall, I like holding my extra hour. And I don't use it until I really want to on Sundays. I'm like, (laughs) technically, it says it's 8 a.m. I've already done this, this, and this. It's actually 7 a.m. Yes, I'm cheating time right now. The bottom line is people bitch too much. It's simple, it's not hard, makes perfectly good sense to me. There's no reason we should be having it dark till 9 a.m. in the winter or sunlight at 4.45 a.m. in the summer just because some people, I can't change my clocks, my kids aren't sleeping properly after this. A, get get rid of the clocks on your, uh, just put tape over the clocks on your uh, appliances if you don't want to look at them with the wrong time. And B, get tougher kids. If that's actually a problem. All right. That'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this week of glorious bracket madness. I will have my full bracket tomorrow on the program. We are going to have a slew of experts, pseudo experts, and people who know a little bit more than me, a lot more than I do, to try to help you fill out your pool sheet in a responsible and winning manner as we get ready for March Madness, which is gloriously back after we missed it last year. Have a great Monday and we all see you tomorrow We've gotta bring both sides together like champagne and leather. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the MyBookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at MyBookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting and with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.
0: dot com